This episode is brought to you in part by members of the Geek Therapy Patreon. For as little as $1 a month, you too can become a member, help support our growing network of podcasts, and get access to exclusive content. For more information, visit patreon.com slash geektherapy. Welcome to Headshots of the Geek Therapy Podcast Network. We are a psychology and gaming show. My name is Osir Cardona with Kelly Dunlap. Kelly, before we start, I just want to do a quick thank you to our Patreon supporters. We got a couple of new supporters uh, recently. Oscar and Georgie, just wanted to shout out. Thank you very much. All the cool kids are doing it. Oh, yeah. Every member uh, helps the, the network grow a little. I've been reaching out to other people that I think might be a good fit because I think, you know, with Patreon support, we could, we could actually like, we could expand a little bit. More on that soon. All right, but what are we talking about today, Kelly? We are talking about Google Maps. That's not that's not a gaming thing. That doesn't sound very fun. <laughs> Au contraire, mon ami. So Google Maps has announced that they are releasing the API uh, and integrating it into the SDK for Unity. So in English, it means that people who develop games can have access to all the data that Google Maps has, which is incredibly exciting. Um, and... It, I just, I, I can't wait. Like, it's going to take, I feel like this is a huge step for uh, alternate reality gaming. And you're going to see so many more games that are uh, like, quote, quote, unquote, the Pokemon Go of whatever genre they are, they are going after. And I'm really excited because I think we're going to see some really, really cool stuff. I don't know what's so great about Google Maps. I just moved and I'm apparently on an unnamed road. So whenever I tell people to come look for me and they use Google Maps, they can't find me. It sends them like three miles away. Ah, Google Maps. You just need to get like printouts of your face and put them on stakes and stake them in the ground to like lead people. Yeah, that's fine once they're here uh, or close (laughs) by. But like how many? I've got to do like three miles worth of... I don't know. Maybe I could build an augmented reality app to do that instead. I was just thinking, if you can, <laughs> on that unnamed road, have like your face pop up on people's screens to let them know, you know, instead of seeing like a Bulbasaur, you see a, a Josue head, and although they're on the right, they're on the the right track. But seriously, like Google Maps has never failed me before. This is the first time. It's like I, I live in a very small street and it doesn't have a name, uh, but and then Apple Maps has it. I'm just saying, Google Maps is usually dependable. I love Google Maps. Couldn't live without it. This is actually exciting. <laughs> I, I can't wait to see what comes out. I know for uh, for people who are, are in the know, um, so who've played Pokemon Go, the stuff that's in the works already, there's a Walking Dead one. There's a Jurassic Park style one. Jurassic World. And Jurassic World. And <laughs> there's one more that's escaping me right now. There's two more. There's but a Ghostbusters one. and then Ghostbusters, that's the one I was thinking. And of. actually yeah. Niantic, who made Pokemon Go, is also making a Harry Potter one called Harry Potter oh, Wizards yep. Unite. Which, you know, this I, whole I thing, this whole story is interesting because, like you said at the beginning, now, okay, they're opening it up to everybody. So how did Niantic, who made Pokemon Go, how were they able to get access to that before? And that's because Niantic was basically a Google company. So when they made Ingress a few years back, they used Google Maps data because they were Google. And then Pokemon Go is Niantic. Like, they were already in there. And now Niantic is no longer part of Google, but they already have that relationship. So, again, it's cool that other people will use it, and it'll be interesting... I don't. I don't know what ideas you have. Um, I've been trying to think about it. Like, what what are people going to make? What kind of what kind of location based games are people going to use this information for? So I actually took a class back when I was in my my game dev training school thing, and it was all about like play. It was called Playful Cities, and so it was all about taking games and putting them in open places. So you know, we made a game where 
you had to put in the correct number code on an old style payphone. And when you picked up the receiver, you would get like some kind of cool cryptic message. And um, we use a software called Eris, which is not great. It's free, so I can't really judge too much. Um, but it, it's kind of like a geolocation type of tagging software that you can download on your phone and, and set up. And we did stuff like that. And so I have all these really cool ideas for how that kind of class and how that kind of coursework could incorporate something uh, like this. And my, my first gut instinct is I want to see more games like Pokemon Go and not as many games as the ones that are coming out after it, namely The Walking Dead and uh, Ghostbusters from what I'm seeing. Jurassic World might be better, uh, but I think I'm kind of coming at it from Pokemon Go was something where you wanted to look up from your phone and you wanted to look around and see where you were and it was important to play with other people and to connect and to like to get to know your environment and, and those were all really important things to Pokemon Go. Uh, I've watched the demo of The Walking Dead version of this and as you can imagine it's just a bunch of shooting zombies which is not inherently a bad thing but i don't really see i i don't feel like it's utilizing the platform as it could you know it, it's it's like they just kind of slapped it on there because they wanted to do it now i could be totally wrong because i'm sure the demo doesn't have everything but i didn't feel like there was anything in that demo that made me think yes this needs to be on a platform like a mobile phone, drawing on the Google Maps API. But that's just my, that's my first, my first glance. I haven't touched, I haven't seen it. I've only seen the reviews. So yeah, I, I think it'll be cool. It, it actually, uh, on a tangent, it reminds me of Zombies Run, the uh, mm -hmm. the exercise app that pretends that you're being chased by zombies to mix up your running power, pattern and keep you motivated. Well, that's what I was thinking about. If you mixed something like uh, like augmented reality with Zombies Run, like while you're running, you could turn your camera back and then not just know, like not only hear a narration telling you that zombies are behind you, but you could look and see that there are zombies behind you. I wouldn't want that person, <laughs> but that, that's just me. That's, that's my personal uh, preference. Then, then if you can't do something like that, what, what, what is augmented reality good for then? That's exactly the kind of stuff we want to see. Well, let me tell you. I ha had been last year working on a game just to develop, to practice, to try to keep my, my elite skills sharp in terms of game dev and coding and stuff. And I had tentatively called it Blowout. And it was a game about what it's like to have a young child, imagine that, and no place to change him. Because uh, it was a, a real problem I was having uh, when, when my son was much smaller and he was pooping like every five seconds that most places didn't have a changing table. Like I've changed my baby on the hood and the trunk of my car and in the back seat because there's been no place to change his diaper. And so I was making this pixel arty kind of platformer. And what I wanted to do is I wanted to uh, like map my surrounding area. This is back when I was living in DC and identify all the stores that had baby changing tables. And the idea would be that you would navigate your pixel player through like the actual area where I lived. And you know, all the while you had this like green poop meter going up. And if it hit to the top, then your baby would poop everywhere and it would blow out and it would be gross and you would hate your life. Um, but if you got to the changing table, the meter would reset. So it's just really super, really basic. The idea of like bringing attention to uh, how the physical space makes life harder <laughs> for, for mothers at that particular stage and for fathers, of course, as well because they have even less access. And the thing that stopped me was I had did not have the bandwidth or the or the know-how to 
either do that all by hand to like recreate my neighborhood by hand. And this Google API thing didn't exist, but now it does. So I'm, I'm starting to think about this game again. I'm like, oh, I could just, I could just import and I, I'd still have to do the legwork for figuring out which stores have a changing tables and which ones don't. But that would be a lot more uh, doable than trying to build a city to scale um, from the bottom up. So you should have called me because uh, this this API news isn't as exciting to me because of uh, something I'm familiar with called Tailblazer, which is a program that MIT started. I believe they announced it back in 2011, and I think there was a working model available to the public around 2013, maybe sooner. And it was basically a tool to make location-based games. You went out to an area and you could mark locations and then everything was, it even used block coding. So like Scratch. So it was designed for teaching it in classrooms. I taught it. Um, I've made games with it. I've made experiences like like what you're talking about. Um, I worked at a place where we never made this particular one, but we had talked about um, the company was going to go to Japan and we wanted to create a game where we mapped out the evacuation routes so the game was actually like you would practice different evacuation routes and and follow them along with the game. And the tools are actually really simple. And this this kind of takes it, like obviously the Google Maps uh, API takes it to another level. But tools, like a tool like that has existed and has been freely available. And like kids have been making games on things like this for a while. And so I'm not as excited because I think that things like this have existed for a while, including Ingress and Pokemon like the reason why people gravitated towards Pokemon is because it was Pokemon. And I don't see a lot of these things catching on, especially when it's augmented reality where, you're, where you have to use your phone versus something like a mixed reality headset like Magic Leap where you have it on and then you see the things around you. I, th- I don't know. I, f- I feel I'm not as excited right now because I don't see, I don't see people gravitating that much toward them. We're just, we're just two different people. We really are. I'm just saying, like, I've seen it before, right? Like, And then when yeah. Pokemon Go came out, I was like, oh, this is like, like, first of all, it's like Ingress, and oh, it's, it's like Tailblazer. <laughs> well, I, I, I'm hoping that with it being easier to access and having a platform as widely known as Google, it'll en- encourage people to um, maybe become more invested in this space. Because I, I can see such really, really cool things. Like, I would love to have some kind of app on my phone where when I'm walking down the street, you know, I'll get a ping of, oh, you know, here in 1876, Ben Franklin did X, Y, and Z. And, you know, like make make the spaces that I'm in like so much more dynamic and so much more interesting. So whether it's information like historical or whatever, or something that's playful, kind of like Ingress or something that is even more out there like Pokemon Go. I love the idea of encouraging and pushing games to to be outside and, and to be more public. Like, I don't want to try and say like, oh, gamers are inside all the time and they have no lives, they have no friends, because we know that's not true. But I love this idea of taking play to the streets and taking games to the streets and, and being able to have like a very... Um, I would love for our society to publicly embrace play in that kind of way. Uh, I remember during Pokemon Go, hearing all the grumblings about, oh, these kids and their Pokemon Go out clogging the streets or whatever. And uh, a lot of like negative feedback, or if you saw someone walking around with their phone, I had uh, a couple of people, you know, point and laugh and go, oh, they must be playing Pokemon Go at losers, etc. 
And it just makes me so sad because, you know, one, you're outside actually doing, you know, physical activity, which I thought is what all the old people wanted us to do anyway. But you're, you're also like you're engaging in play and you're doing something you enjoy and it happens to be outside. And I, I feel like we as a society need more of that. We need to embrace play. We need to embrace games and to do it in a way that's very public as this you know app would uh, help enable us to do would I, I think would help that. So my girlfriend took a course during her master's called Games for Change. It was actually taught by Asi Barak, who I interviewed on a, on a past episode when he came out with his book, um, How Video Games Can, Can Save the World. And a big part of that class was um, what you described, making public spaces into game spaces and bringing people in. And they integrated politics and learning about a community and, and all sorts of things. And like I, I come at it from uh, the parts that are exciting to me about this is not the bringing games to the outside, but like making the outside more fun because there are things that we already do. Like Pokemon Go made my walk to work every day, my commute, way more fun than it was before. And I would take a different route depending on what kind of Pokemon I, I wanted to catch. There was, there was like one spot where Squirtles were just popping up. I, it felt like a glitch. <laughs> I, I passed there every single day. <laughs> and, and that was, it made me think differently about my commute. But it was still, it was like my commute upgraded. It wasn't something new that I wasn't doing before. I, I like to go out for walks. I had a real nice park when I, um, close by when I lived in New York. And I used to like to go to the park. And so going to the park was enhanced by by Pokemon Go. But very rarely go like I need I need a like I could play a game inside or I could play a game outside. I don't know. I see but but I but I love that uh the potential for it. Um I went on a tangent, but the point I was trying to make was that uh a lot of this was discussed in that games for change course that my girlfriend took. And I think that a lot of the even the ideas that you're bringing up like the changing tables, that's something that's very useful and it makes um the experience of learning where they might be or or just finding uh changing tables way more fun than just going and finding changing tables. Um, it could it, you could have like a Waze system built in, right? Like a Waze is Google Maps gamified. It's the same data, but have you ever used Waze, by the way? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. So, so you get points for notifying other people, other drivers, other Wazers, I think, right, uh, of accidents or potholes or police, and and so it makes just like regular driving, like you have that commute every day. But now there's a there's a element on top of that, which is really the whole idea of augmented reality, right? It's just you're augmenting something that's already real. You're adding another layer on top of it or another um, element. And I think the potential for it is will be in the Games for Change space, which then makes me a little sad because whenever we talk about Games for Change, it's, it, I get super excited, but then I don't, other people don't seem to get excited. Like the, the general public <laughs> doesn't get excited about the things that, that happen there. People never see your changing table thing. And that makes me sad. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it depends. I mean, right now, no, because because uh, it's it's in development. But I also think that it, it's tough because it, it is such a different uh, like dissemination pathway. You know, something that is an indie title that comes to Xbox Live or the PlayStation Network, you know, it's obviously going to have a larger audience than something that comes out of a, of a research lab or something that's not published on those platforms. I mean, even, yes, mobile games can have millions and bazillions of eyes on them, but it's so hard to get uh, attention. So it's like you, it's, the, the market is saturated, which is why I think going into this particular space is such a good idea for 
for games for change type of uh, of games is that it's not oversaturated. It's, it's a lot like VR in that way, where you know if you if you make a good VR game, the chances of it, of it being picked up and embraced are so much higher than if you make, say, a good Xbox game or even just your standard mobile game, because it's the ability to find new content or good content is almost impossible unless you get picked up by somebody else, um, just because there's so much content in that space. It's like becoming discovered on YouTube. It's really, really, really hard now. But I mean, th- there, are, there are things at play here too, where like virtual reality is still, and I've, I've heard um, gaming publications talk about this, that Gaming art, uh, VR articles just aren't popular. People aren't reading them. And that has a lot to do with the fact that most people don't have a VR headset. How many do you have at your house? Right. I <laughs> yeah. have two Google Cardboards. Yeah. And but basically what you're <laughs> saying is you have a cell phone, right? And cell phones, everybody has a cell phone. Or more, most people have a cell phone in the United States. And so a mobile game, I think, has way more potential. And that's why these uh, mobile games that are... Free-to-play, location-based games have way more potential for reaching more people than than a VR game, actually. Oh yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying that. I'm not trying to compare one to the other. Just that it's easier to be discovered when there's not as much content. And even though it's a mobile game, something that uses this kind of app would still be novel and would still be new, and can even arguably create its own genre of game, whatever we want to call it. So I, I think. I, th- I mean, I think mobile is definitely a future of gaming, and I think it's just going to get better and better, and more people are going to be developing on it. I think using tools like Google's API for maps and creating games like Ingress and Pokemon Go are really positive. And I, to me, it's almost like future-esque that people could be outside and, you know, seeing a different layer of reality laid on top of the one that they're already in. And I think that's what excites me the most is the idea that some of those spaces that aren't fun or engaging or, or just downright sucky could somehow become more enjoyable. Exactly like the example you gave of, of walking to work. It's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just something like you have to do. And I feel like if, if we can take those kind of small moments where we actually end up spending a lot of our time, um, even though we're not really thinking about it, and we can make those moments more uh, thoughtful or engaging or, or even just fun, like, I feel like it could have a really strong impact on like, quality of life at, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say the societal level, or at, at least for people who play games. It would, I think it could be really cool, and I'm really, really hopeful. Hey, do you like science fiction? Because I like science fiction. We talk about science fiction all the time. But yeah, we don't have a podcast about science fiction. And I really want to make one. I've been wanting to make one for a long time. So what I did was I made a sci-fi-centric show for our network, a milestone on our Geek Therapy Patreon. What does that mean? It means that once we reach the next milestone of patrons, a certain number of patrons, I'm going to start producing our first ever seasonal show on the network. By seasonal, I mean that it'll be maybe 10 episodes that'll come out weekly and then we'll take a break and then come back for a second season. We have a few different ideas for shows like that. That would be our first one. So if this interests you, as of this recording, we're seven patrons away from that next milestone. If you want to hear a sci-fi centric show by us faster, consider becoming a patron. And even if that doesn't interest you, uh, please consider becoming a member there because... For as little as $1 a month, you'll help support the network, help it grow, and you'll also get access to exclusive content. For more information about that milestone and membership, visit patreon.com slash geektherapy. 
<laughs> on, the, on our last episode of Psych Tech, we talked about how there are people who talk about how people are always have their face on their in their phones and their attention is completely taken over by their mobile phones. And I think that no time ever was that ever more visible than when Pokemon Go came out. <laughs> I I think about how Pokemon Go did a lot of good, but it also did it probably like to a point it it was detrimental to this type of game because it was so popular and people and and I'm not even talking about the stupid uh, articles about people who like walked into traffic or walked off a cliff and things like that. Like that is just that that's a whole other level. I just mean like people were constantly looking at their phones essentially um, in in scenarios where other people probably didn't want them to look at their phones. I don't know if you ever experienced that in, in public spaces, seeing lots of people that were obviously playing the game <laughs> and other people um, being annoyed. And like, I'm not saying we're going to stop playing games because it, it's annoying other people, but I just wonder the, the effect that it has had on, on the general population, on, the, on how they see these type of games. I think that's a good question. I wish I could answer mm-hmm. it. Do you have an opinion? <laughs> it's hard because when I saw people gaggling around with their phones up and I identified like, oh, that person's at a pokey stop, it made me really happy because it's this stranger and I now have something in common with them. Like we are both playing this game and it was this wonderful feeling of, of like camaraderie. And, you know, I, I don't ever talk to strangers because I don't like people in general, but I would go up to strangers and like, oh, look, you're battling too. I'm also team instinct. Let's take this, you know, we can take this. And I actually had that happen. I was at Dorney Park for a friend's birthday and, you know, we were trying to take down a, uh, we were trying to take over a gym and like three random people also from team instinct came up and joined us. And then we did it and it was really cool. And we like high-fived each other. And it was just this amazing experience where, you know, complete and total strangers, it was okay to come together. It was okay to work together and to collaborate. And it was just really, really cool. So I liked that a lot. And I, I want more of that. I want like more random acts of meaningful, uh, of interest, of curiosity, of fun. Like I just, I want, I want, I want my life to be a musical, Josue, but instead of music, it's video games. Like where, where you can just like randomly break out into song, but instead of randomly breaking out into song, you get to like randomly break out into a game. I get that. I completely get it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would, I would all, I, not to say I, I love musicals and I, I, I do spontaneously burst out in a song, so it's not to the exclusion of them. But yeah, having having something like that would be a lot of fun. So whether or not it did damage in the eyes, I mean, yes, there were plenty of articles about people people being stupid and like walking off cliffs and stuff. And I think that's like par for the course when it comes to uh, coverage of video games in general, uh, much less to, no matter what it what it does. That said... I would be more concerned about developers getting tunnel vision and thinking that that is the way to use augmented reality. And, you know, for example, in my my Playful Cities course that I took, one of the challenges was, okay, you don't want people staring at their screen. So make a game that is facilitated by the screen, but you don't, you're not staring at it 24-7. And the best example I can think of for for here, at least, is like geocaching, where you use your phone to help you locate a a hidden treasure trove somewhere, but it gets you close. But at the end of the day, you have to put your phone down and actually like explore wherever you are, whether it's nature or or Central Park or wherever you are. Like you actually have to put the phone down and, and look at the world around you. 
And I would love to see more things like that where the, the phone enables it and makes it happen, but you, it's not like you don't need to see the world through the screen, if that makes sense. Yeah, I, that experience that you described was something that I experienced or saw happen multiple times a day in New York City because it's a heavily populated city. And when you go to places that aren't very populated, like could you could you possibly have that experience now where you are? I thought you were in the middle of nowhere. Where I am right now, maybe there's a college like two miles away. But yeah, it would it would definitely be a lot more difficult to find those kind of connections. But I also wonder if that would make the connections more meaningful because they're harder to find. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's just a lot of stuff at play. Like you need you need a decent phone. <laughs> you need to be in a place that has um, decent s- cell phone reception. You need to have a good data plan. You actually need to have a good battery. <laughs> how many how many people bought uh, additional external batteries for for their phones just to play Pokemon Go? There was a lot. There were Pokemon Go branded ones. <laughs> I did smart. not, but that's because I already had like three. So it was yeah. Good. Yeah, I mean, th- there's all of these things that that play into just. I'm I'm just thinking of how people view these types of games, like Pokemon Go, because, like you said, there are very different um, use cases. One of the one of the coolest things that I that I've seen recently is that eBay is adding um, augmented reality to its app, so that if you're going to sell something, you just point your phone at it, and then the app measures it, and then it tells you exactly what type of box you need. Like that is. That is so smart. It makes makes everybody's life so easy. Uh, there's some where you like can uh, look at a furniture catalog and then move the piece of furniture inside your house and position it and get an idea of what it would look like if it was there, or put different pieces of furniture and then you know kind of look at the room and say like, okay, yeah, I think this would look good there. It fits here. Like there are different use cases. Those aren't those aren't games, but there's a lot that can be done. And this happening at the same time as Apple made their AR kit way uh, like it's it's an easy way to do augmented reality. Also, there's gonna be there's gonna be a lot of stuff um, there. But I, yeah, I hope that people like that there isn't still a negative like a bad taste in people's mouths because I know that I ignored my girlfriend a lot, or maybe I engaged in one of those things where we're talking, we're, we're walking and we're talking. And I mean, I went next level. Like I have like my, my Apple T, my, my Apple T, my Apple watch is notifying me of things happening in Pokemon Go. So we might be in the middle of something. I'd be like, Oh, wait a minute. There's a, there's a, there's a gym over here. I need to, I need to go do this real quick. <laughs> you know? And at first she was very tolerant, but it got to a point where I was like, yeah, you go, I'm going to keep walking. <laughs> cause, cause uh, she wasn't playing. And the truth is, those moments uh, were were cool, where you could interact with people and you could do this stuff. Um, but it's I don't know. I still I still think that there was such a mixed re- reaction from from people uh, about it. It's gonna be it's gonna be really interesting. When can you imagine if by the end of the year, or kind of around the same time, the Jurassic World one, Harry Potter, like all of them come out at the same time, or they come out around the same time as the movies? Because there's a new Jurassic World, there's a new uh, Fantastic Beasts movie. Uh, there isn't a new Ghostbusters movie, but they're all like around at the same time and people are just playing. Um, like we're, we're going to see that phenomenon again where everybody's just walking around looking at their phones and it's not Facebook. It's it's another AR game. People are, you know, falling into manholes and stuff again. <laughs> oh, I hope so. I'm not, I'm not trying to bum, bu- bum you out. I'm not trying to bring us down. I'm just no, no, no. I'm trying I, to look I, at I, it from different perspectives. <laughs> like I, 
again, I, I think it's an important first step. You need to have these really important titles, you know, huge titles like Jurassic Park and Harry Potter um, to engage people. And Niantic showed that if you get something that has a lot of nostalgia behind it and a lot of fan service that's paid to it, you could have something that's really, really successful, even if the app itself is not um, functioning <laughs> like it should most of the time. And so I think that's why you're seeing, you know, Ghostbusters and Jurassic Park and Walking Dead and Harry Potter. I think one of the things that we're going to see, though, is, especially with games like The Walking Dead, the argument around uh, violent video games popping up more, because now you're taking the violent video game out of the house and into, you know, the real world. And I even caught myself as I was watching the demo, because you hold up the screen and you tap the screen and your, your gun pops up and you like start shooting zombies in the head and blood explodes everywhere. And I was like, oh, this is going to cause a problem, isn't it? This is this is like, this is going to be problematic. And we're just going to, I mean, this debate never seems to die anyway. So I, I guess it would just be the next iteration of it. What I'm picturing is instead of people, like you see people swiping up on their phone, like throwing Pokeballs. Now they're kind of holding it up at people, tapping it like really hard, like pew, 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 trying to... yeah. Essentially shooting them with their camera, kind of. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, oh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, again, it's not my personal jam when it comes to games. Like, I don't want to turn a corner and see a zombie. That's not That's not how I want to live my life. I mean, if that's how you want to live yours, that's totally fine. Mad respect, no judgment. That's not how I want to live my life. I want to live my life where I'm walking down the street and my, my wristband buzzes to let me know that there's something nearby and I pick up my phone and I look around and there's a freaking brontosaurus just like walking gracefully down the street and like stops to nibble on a tree or something. And, you know, that's I, that little awe, that little bit of a feeling inspired by, by something extraordinary in the ordinary is what is what I want. Sounds like a monster hunter experience to me. No, because I'm not gonna beat a dinosaur with a with a with a club. But you could. I'm not gonna beat it up. I don't. But I don't. I don't want. To. <laughs> what is this Jurassic World <laughs> Park even doing? A game? Do we even do? What are we doing? <laughs> I just, I just want to see it. Like I just I just want it to be there and to exist. So there is. I think I think Ingress. The cool thing about Ingress was when I played it, like you were in the know. Like you knew that there was a spot over there that was releasing energy, and you could go pick that up. But other people didn't know it was there. Pokemon was weird. It was like, how come I can see Pokemon and other people can't? Um, mm-hmm. There is that's why the Ghostbusters one I'm excited about because it's more like oh maybe I have this special vision right where I can see ghosts and other people can't that makes more sense to me. There's a, there's a game series called Yokai Watch which is like Pokemon where you're catching monsters but really you're catching ghosts and you have this I think the Yokai Watch allows you to see ghosts where other people can't so there's like ghosts living all around this so thematically like that's that's the story so having a Yokai Watch. Pokemon Go would be would be fantastic. Like I, I think I think that makes a lot of sense. I don't know. I think that the the story and all of the stuff that's going on, like it it needs to fit. Like Pokemon, yeah. Like why can't I see Pokemon that other people can't? That's fine. I can get past that because when you play Pokemon, there are Pokemon everywhere, and you're constantly looking for them and catching them. And there's always a random element to where they are and and which one you can catch and if you can catch it. And they really did recreate the experience in the real world and. I don't know. I, th- I think that's hard for, for different games. I like the idea of a Jurassic World experience where 
I can look up and there is this, this dinosaur. It's the type of thing I would rather do that in VR, but it would be cool if I'm just mm. like bored and then I look up and I'm like, oh man, look at that. Like there's this giant T-Rex just hanging out on top of that building over there. That's cool. Um, you know what I want, Josue? What? You know what I really, really want? I feel like I should talk to Ali about this too. I want my phone to be a tricorder. Mm-hmm. But the theme is that I, as a Starfleet officer, have gone back in time. And so I can't let the current 2018 locals know that I am from the future. And so my tricorder appears to be this lovely phone that I am holding. And my goal is to go through and scan things with my tricorder to gain information about about something. I want that. Because it's clandestine, that. it's techie, it makes sense. Like the the hook makes sense with the tech. I want that. That's make it happen, Jose. Help me that's out. A per- that's a pretty good idea. I mean, it sounds about uh, it sounds about as boring as any Star Trek game uh, that you could make, where you're recreating <gasps> being a Starfleet officer. Bear with me here. One of the probably the best experience I've ever uh, had in VR was Star Trek Bridge Crew, where you're on the bridge. There's four of you, and you're just tapping away at, at screens, which is, which is funny because you're just tapping away at screens, but it's still, it's still the Star Trek experience. <laughs> so you, what you described is basically like walking around, scanning things. I don't know. As a Star Trek fan, I want to see that happen. I want to see it. Yes. I, I, I can't believe convincing anybody that that would be fun other than somebody who cares about Star Trek. <laughs> but maybe that'll I be mean, the, how, the appeal to a lot of How is it different things. from Pokemon? Like you're walking around trying to collect something. That's all it is. That's all the mechanic is. I guess. I don't know. I think I think Pokemon Go, I think everybody's taking a gamble on on these things because Pokemon Go, Pokemon meant so much to so many people. And it came at that perfect time where it like that nostalgia, right? There's a reason why they didn't use the new Pokemon. They used the original um 150. There's a reason why it, they they made the decisions that they did and it it pulled on something right that was like pokemon was already a phenomenon and it took a piece of it and it made it made it real i think to bank on that for i mean no the truth is that game was ridiculously successful a game that's probably 120th as successful is probably going to be a financial success so in that sense it it pro- it's probably a good business decision and again Developers who are already uh, using Unity can just start making a game like that and probably make money because, you know, selling whatever on on uh, on mobile, right? Like that'll that'll definitely make money. But I'm still not like super excited. <laughs> I'm super excited. I'm excited about the technology, but the games like this, like more games like Pokemon, I don't know. Well, I was trying to think what would what my ideal one would be. Would probably be, I haven't put much thought into this. Maybe something Matrix related. Mm. So that makes a lot of sense. The idea is that I'm I'm in the Matrix, but I know that I'm in the Matrix, and nobody else knows that they're in the Matrix. I'm finding glitches. What if the glitches were like actual real world problems? Like you found a pothole, which is mm-hmm. a glitch in the Matrix, and you took a picture of it and it instantly sent it to like City Hall or whatever, and saying, "Hey, come fix this." Mm. Now you you game for changed it. I did. I did. Yeah. But it would be fun yeah. just to find agents too. It would. Um, like that would totally be. <laughs> Women in red dresses. I could literally overlay a red dress yeah. onto people or like a red outfit on, on top of people or a red mark. So they count yeah. like as a, yeah, yeah, yeah. Something, something like that. Like, but see, but I'm, uh, again, I'm tapping into one of my favorite things ever and, and kind of 
recreating that experience somewhat. Like bringing, I don't know, like maybe maybe the appeal of these games is the that you can actually bring something that you care about that's fictional and bring it into the real world in a way, in some way, any way, right? Like the tricorder thing, when you think about it like that, like if you're a huge Star Trek fan, like all of a sudden like you've got a tricorder. It doesn't matter what the hell you're doing with it. You have a tricorder yeah. now. You can use it to just point at stuff. That feels good as a Star Trek fan. Like as a Matrix fan, I would love this augmented reality experience where, again, that's a story. Like I'm an agent. I think in Ingress you were agents too. Like there was this yeah. you know, aspect, uh, secret aspect to it. So, you know, I'm I'm part of the resistance. I know that I'm in the Matrix and I'm, I'm, I'm waking up people, right? Or I'm, I'm doing different things. I played the Matrix online. Like I, that, that game had a lot of really cool ideas where you're living in this world where only some of you know the truth. Things like that. Um, but then ultimately what I'm excited about is that I'm, I'm getting to role play a little bit of the matrix in the real world. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's, it's fun and it's exciting. And I was just thinking, so it's probably informed because I've been binge watching the Americans and I just (laughs) finished, uh, reading, uh, Red Sparrow, you know, that new movie that's coming out about Russian espionage and spies and things. And I would love, love, love to have something like where I got to feel like I was a spy, you know, where I was taking pictures of dead drops and, you know, take like sneaking around and, and doing that kind of stuff, some kind of mystery or, you know, I could go into a room and put my phone up and I could see like a safe that's hidden behind the wall and like you would do in like escape the room um, games on your phone. And but it would be in, in a real space. And it just that to me would be so much fun. It would be so exciting. And I would I would love it. To, to do something like that. Uh, obviously, that there's a lot going on and it would not certainly not be easy. But yeah, I, I'm 100% with you, Josue, that it's, it's the idea of taking something that you love, something you're passionate about and being able to integrate yourself either more fully in it or integrate it more fully into yourself. And, and just to kind of, I guess, blur the lines a little bit more. Uh, role-playing is probably the closest term, maybe LARP would be a, a relatively close term too for, you know, being able to act out this gameful play experience in the real world uh, is just, I, I can't stop smiling. Like, I'm so excited. I'm so genuinely excited and happy about the potential for something like this to exist. And I just, I just want it to exist now. So I mentioned Tailblazer before as an option for your blowout game. It's absolutely possible for you to map out your surrounding area. The the thing that we haven't touched upon and really the the incredible potential of the Google Maps API is not that you can bring stuff. It's not just that you can bring stuff into the real world. Like our conversation has been mostly about augmented reality gaming in general. The potential is that then it can be global. Because you don't have to map everything individually. You could have special spots. But the truth is that you could kind of randomly set up areas. And Google even, I mean, Pokemon started doing this thing. I don't know how much of that is integrated into the API. Where it's like, well, government installations, military bases are already marked as as a no-game zone. So mm-hmm. already, like, you don't have to program that in. That just, the game data won't overlay on top of that. But then if there's a street corner, like, maybe you just program it so every fourth street corner has this. Or make it way more random, you know? And then that way... You can, it's not just me playing in New York City, it's me going anywhere in the world and being able to have a similar experience. And then within that API, you can change things around like Pokemon Go did, where different countries had exclusive Pokemon. 
And that adds a very special uh, element to it. But making it global, I think, is really the the potential. So there, again, there is a lot of stuff going on. There is, when you put it all together, the ease of, of AR um, design, the Google Maps API being open up to everybody, building on everything that Google and Niantic already did. And then you have Pokemon... For all the good it did and for any negative impact it had, it taught people what these games are. So then, so it'll be easier for every game going forward. I think we're in a good spot. Yeah. 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 No, I think, uh, I think we're at yes, yes, yes. And I, I just I want this to exist. So I'm going to go make it. Again, I still think most of these games won't be fun or great unless you care about the, the property or you have that connection between, between people doing it. I think you can make that argument about any game. Like you, you can make the greatest Harry Potter game that's ever existed. But since I've never read the books and I really don't care about the lore, I'm not going to get into it. So I'm just saying. Yeah, no, no, no. It's true. It's true. This is absolutely true. Um, but I wish I, I wish I could think of a game or I can't think of one. I, I hope I see in the near future a game that transcends all of that. There's a new IP that gets people super excited about this new AR game. This AR game is the future. And it's not shooting uh, the Walking Dead zombies or looking at the Jurassic World dinosaurs, like something completely new. That that would be amazing. That okay. gets me more excited. I'll work on it. See what I come up with. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that's it for this week's episode of Headshots. Thank you for listening. What game would you like to see? Um, made it to an AR game. Did you like Pokemon Go? Did you know that our first episode of Headshots was a Pokemon Go episode? <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> Kelly, do you have any questions for for listeners? I, I would love to know if there's some ARG type game that we're missing. You know, is there something out there right now that would satisfy my my desire to be a Russian spy? I really like that one. I like that idea a lot. And then can Ooh. you imagine if it like taught you Russian on top of it? That would be so cool. So you just game for changed it again and made it educational. But language is one of those things that I, I really, really like. I think there should be language uh, like acquisition skills implemented into tons of games. That's an episode right there. I have a lot to say about that. Okay. <laughs> Stay that might, tuned. That, that'll be a future episode because I have a lot to yeah. say too. So let's, yeah, let's yeah, do yeah. that. Oh, awesome. Okay. Woo, new ideas. So yeah, uh, let us know. Um, you can contact us at hello at headshotspodcast.com or visit headshotspodcast.com for more episodes and more information we're at headshotscast on twitter at kelly and dunlap at josue cardona and we'll be back in two weeks you've just listened to headshots on the geek therapy podcast network for more about geek therapy and our other podcasts visit geektherapy.com and for extra content including our monthly book club and other perks consider supporting us for as little as one dollar a month at our patreon which you can find at patreon.com slash geektherapy